as of Friday, the air conditioner decided, bye-bye. <laughs> but God has been gracious to us because He turned the weather cooler on that day. Amen? Now, I'm asking Him to keep it up, but it hadn't so far. <laughs> so, but uh, hopefully this week we'll get some relief from that. But it sure has taught us a great lesson. I remember growing up, and we didn't have air conditioning. Any of you? <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Hoping for it, but it never happened. Yes, sir? You can. Sure. Anybody interested? Come on. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is the movie we're kind of using as our uh, movie this week to uh, learn from and I'm going to add scripture too. Um, I want to show you uh, a video in just a moment. <clears throat> the theme or the, the thought behind this movie is the uh, all the characters in the number two version were considered heroes at the end of number one. They were galactic heroes, and boy, everybody loved them and thought, hey, 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 look here, wow, wow, wow. But the main character, Pete, I think is his name, he uh, struggled because he supposedly had some power within him that he didn't understand. He, he knew who his mother was, but he didn't know who his dad was. And he struggled all of his life for his purpose, his identity, and what, who he was, and what caused him to be what he is. And you may be in that same position. And we're going to learn that and answer that through Scripture, but I want you to see the clip from this movie and kind of set the pace for us today. Well, even where I reside, out past the edge of what's known, we've heard tell about the man they call Star-Lord. Let's say we head out there right now. Your associates are welcome. Even that triangle-faced monkey there. I promise you, it's unlike any other place you've ever seen. And there, I can explain your very special heritage. Finally get to be the father I've always wanted to be. So Kurt Russell plays the dad, obviously. And he goes by the name Ego. <laughs> How about that one? Um, and uh, we might want to use that handheld, Jeff, if we can't get this thing to regulate. It's just being too... Whatever. But today I want to answer this question. What is your purpose? Why are you here? And if you know who your mother and dad are, that's fantastic. If you don't know who your mother and dad are, it's okay. It's really okay. Because God ultimately knows who we are. God ultimately is the only one you need to know about. We're going to look in Psalm 139. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. If you have your Bible, let's hold it up. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand the powerful Word of God. It can change lives, heal broken hearts, and save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Now turn to your neighbor and let them know that they are beautifully and wonderfully made. Well, that's getting a little personal, preacher. Okay. Now, from Psalm 139, as you've turned to that in your Bible, we're going to look at specifically verses 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So we're going to look at eight lessons today. I want you to learn eight lessons from these verses in Psalm 139. The first one, is found in those verses. All eight, all eight items come from this, these three verses. But the first one is, You created my inmost being. When King David wrote this song, uh, called Psalms, Psalms were, Psalm 139, he began with these words back up to verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, <clears throat> and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. In those first four verses of this psalm, David reminds us of how intimately God has known us and God has been a part of us. This praise is completely about God. This psalm is completely about God. He is present everywhere. He knows everything. He is all-powerful. The phrase, you created. That word translated as created suggests this additional understanding called acquiring. In other words, I assume ownership. So when he says... You created, when the point is you created, when David says you created, you acquire also. You have possession also. And then you jump down, look at the phrase, my inmost being. It literally means internal organs. If you look at Exodus twenty nine thirteen, it will help you understand that. And see, God created us. We belong to Him, as do the heavens and the earth. He didn't simply create our outward appearance. He didn't just make us look so pretty on the outside. When people are baptized, I will tell them, I said, hey, you've risen to walk in new life. I can't do anything about the outside. Sorry. But we just changed you inside. Everything's pure and clean and whole and new on the inside. Because see, the outside... It is what it is. We're born to the parents that we're born to. Sometimes we're born to both. Sometimes we're born to one and given away. And You see what I'm saying? But I want you to come to grips with the fact that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. 
Because I want you to see how God loves you. We often talk about the miracle of childbirth. Well, I think equally miraculous is what goes on prior to that ever happening. Now look at the second item. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You knit me together. That word that's translated knit has the sense of surrounding, of containment. It's a covering. It's our flesh. God knit together all the stuff that's inside of us. Now, most of it breaks down because we abuse it. Why are my feet crushing and collapsing? It's because I've carried all this heavy weight all of my life. You don't think that's going to have a profound effect sometime? Yeah, it did. Here it is. And so what does the doctor keep telling me? Lose weight. I've heard that since I was 15. Lose weight. Okay. I got it. Well, you know, some things then force you to do it. Amen? Some things force you to do it. And that's a good thing. But all before then, God knit me together. He had everything put in me that I'm going to need to be able to survive. Everything I need, I'm going to be able to survive because God put it in there. So some would say, well, why did He put cancer? He didn't put it in there. Sin did. Sin did. Some women, some men, they can't conceive babies. Well, why did God do that? Maybe He didn't. Maybe there's some other reason. Or maybe there's no reason at all. The whole point is, quit asking why and just say, okay. That's what Aaron said this morning, isn't it? At some point you just have to say, okay. I trust you. Because I want you to see that he knows. And look, he says, not only did he knit us together, but it was in our mother's womb. Well, the argument today is, when, when does life begin? At conception, when life begins, that's right. That's what happens when those, one of those little squiggly guys finds that egg and gets hooked up. They things can happen, and it does pretty quick. Boom, 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 boom. You ever watch the sequence of that on a historical channel or anything like that? It's amazing, amazing. And yet, and yet. We're killing them by the day. By the day, we're killing them. These are human beings that are being killed. Planned Parenthood is the largest provider of abortions in America. Do not feed into the lie that they're there for the health care of the woman. They're there for what I can get out of that woman. 330, over 330,000 babies just last year, just Planned Parenthood. We'll be us if we don't figure this out soon. As a country, as a people. But if you're willing to kill your own babies, you got a problem. Well, preacher, you just don't understand. Oh, listen, I understand. 
I understand that that baby was fearfully and wonderfully made by God. The circumstances for its conception still makes that baby viable. Amen. There's ways to deal with it besides killing it. Him or her. Don't forget that. The third thing I want you to see is that I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you because. Isn't that a great phrase? I trust you because. I have faith in you because. And here's the key. Here's the connection. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This body is an amazing tool. When it's taken care of, when it's treated properly, man, it takes care of you. When it's not treated properly, it doesn't take care of you. We were at CIY just a week or so ago. I love CIY. I have for years. I've gone to probably 20 plus years of it or more. And everyone is so fun, you know, especially when you go eat, except this last one we went to. Never in my life have I seen a college put food out for teenagers that started the first day with lentil beans. Nothing wrong with lentil beans. I mentioned that the lentil beans are in the Bible, and one of the kids said, well, then they're not to stay there. So I, just, I agree. But the next day, because the lentil beans were so popular, the next day we had uh, some type of a salad. They had a fancy name for it. And you could see lentil beans in the salad. And then we had a skip to date, and we had another interesting dish. And Oh, it was some pilaf that had the lentil beans contained within it. It was, uh, it was interesting. They wanted us to be healthy, I guess. But the thing I know about God is that He made us a certain way. And if we feed our body properly, we exercise it properly, we give it enough rest, there's a key. Give that body enough rest, you'll be amazed at what it can do for you. Now, I asked Tyler, would he put the 80, 90 pounds back on that he's lost? <laughs> Just ask him how he feels. I mean, when he stands up, you all marvel at how handsome he is now. Just because he lost weight, he's handsome? That's never worked for me. But hey, I'm glad it's working for him. But it's amazing how, how well your health works, isn't it? If you've got it in balance with the Lord. You know, Bryant is able to do what he does. And he comes in here on Sunday after his treatment on Wednesday. He hasn't missed yet, has he? He's a specimen. That's what I say. He's a physical specimen of what, how you should take care of yourself. Of course, his wife stars him to death, but that's beside the point. Anybody would love to have an old greasy burger, but not at Lynn Caleb's house. <laughs> so, fearfully wonderful mate. Don't forget that. And how God, and the word fearful is not being frightened or scared. Uh, it's a word of astonishment. We should be astounded at what God's done. I'll tell you what really awakens you as a a person, as a man, is when your first child is born. You remember that? And how you felt when you looked at that baby, the very first baby, you know, second, third, you go, you know, it's routine, mundane, you don't care if it happens or whatever. Yeah, right. 
But boy, there's something about that very first one. Then that nurse has the audacity to come and pitch that dude down in your arms. Or dudette, whichever one it was. And you're sitting there holding this going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? But you remember, don't you? And what's the first thing you do? Count their toes. Count their fingers. You know, make sure they're not web web footed or whatever. Check their ears. Because we want to see if they look normal. And when they do, you get excited, don't you? And then as time goes on, sometimes you find out there's a hearing issue, a vision issue, a heart issue. Those are gut-wrenching things when a baby's born with that has a defect within it. Gut-wrenching. You blame yourself. You wonder why God let it happen. But we've got to get to a point where we say, okay, okay, I'm going to lean on you. And always remember that He loves us and cares about us. And He put it together. He knows what you're going through and He knows what's happening. Trust Him through it. Number four, your works are wonderful and I know that full well. I know that full well. I mean, that shows assurance that you trust God. I know it full well because you're God. And look at all the verses prior to this. You've done this. You have created, made me, formed me, knit me together in my mother's womb. Wow. Number five. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place. My frame, he knew this. He knew I would be big boned. <laughs> That's what my mother told me all my life. Well, you're just big boned. I was overweight. But it helped when she would say you were big boned. Because it was tough to buy me a pair of jeans when I was a kid. So when they came out with husky fit, that somehow made it work. But the best one was athletic build. I thought, aha, that's me. No, I was just a chubby kid. And I didn't change that pattern. But he knew my frame. And when I was made in the secret place, and what secret place means is a place that's covered over. In other words, God has His wings, His protection, His hands over our creation and our being knit together. Isn't that an amazing process and thought? In verse 8, I go up, come down to verse 8. If I go up to heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. So in other words, no matter where you go, He's always there. So just say, okay. Hardest thing you'll ever get to in life when you have things you don't understand and it's, it seems like God is bringing a, something against you. It's hard for you to say, okay, to lean on Him and trust Him. This foot has been that for me. It's made me go back and say, God, okay, I understand. I hear you. It's made me understand that I've got to be a gracious receiver of help. When people see me struggling to put this cart in the trunk of my car and they offer to come and help, I used to say, no, 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 that's all, I got it, I got it. Now I'm grateful for the offer of help. 
I say, can I carry the light in if you'll lift the heavy in? And they do that. And they're gracious to do it. Isn't that awesome? You know, there's good people still out there. And then there's plenty that watch me try to load it and I see I'm struggling and just <laughs> walk on by. <laughs> Number six, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, we are products of God's handiwork. Don't forget that. In the depths of the earth. In verse 13, we are clearly told that we are created in our mother's womb or her belly. And the womb was described as a secret place. And now it's called the depths of the earth. You see different descriptive phrases or words, but for the same area and for the same way. God creates a baby in the womb of the mother. Now we've gotten so smart that we can put it in a test tube and create it in a lab. But it's always best when there's a husband and a wife and a baby's conceived in the, in the confines of that relationship. That's the best way. That's the God-ordained way. But we tend to sometimes to get the cart before the horse or we give in to a temptation or we'll give in to a sin. And You see what I'm saying? There are consequences for that. And when those consequences happen... We have to deal with them with God. Okay? In Genesis 2-7, God created Adam. It says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The womb is hidden. It's out of sight. For nine months, you can do ultrasounds all you want to. And boy, they've got some incredible ones now, 3D and all that, color and all that. And it's amazing. But all it proves is what God says. I created you in there. I let you together in there. Before the conception ever happened, God had you ready to come. I always tell kids, you can't choose who your parents are. But you've got to learn to obey them. That's what the Bible says. Well, I don't want to do what the Bible says. Then you'll have trouble. <laughs> but if you'll do what the Bible says, gee, how much better it will work for you. Number seven, your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them before one of them came to be. You didn't have a day that you could call me, and yet he saw my unformed body. All the days were ordained for me, written in your book before one of them ever came to be. So God's got your name written there, it's in the book. Now you've got to seal that name in there. By your accepting Jesus Christ at some point in your life. You'll seal that name in there. And if it's not written in the Lamb's book of life, you're in trouble. Big trouble. And the only way that name gets written in the Lamb's book of life is if you surrender and are born again. It's only way. You can't buy it, hope it, wish it. You can only get it through surrender to the Lord. And then following that surrender with baptism. Number eight. Number eight. That hope remains. That hope that God knit us together, God knows us, God, you know, just put it all in, He had it all in control. He had you in control. He knew what you were going to be. He knew what the color of your hair was going to be like. He knew what your eyes were going to be like. He knew what your ears were going to be like. He knew you'd have a big nose or a small nose, a big ears or a small ear. Because you see, we're all beautiful to God. I've never met a grandparent yet 
or a new mother yet who doesn't believe that her baby or their grandbaby is the most pretty baby that's ever walked the earth. One of the toughest jobs of a preacher is when the, you go to the hospital and the baby's born and they look like a dried up prune and the mother says, have you seen a prettier baby in all of your life? Oh man, I'm on the spot. Here's my answer. I've, I'll tell you what. That's one, that, that, baby's, uh, that baby's one baby. I've, that's, that's, that's one baby right there. Some of them you have to struggle to find a compliment for. But they are beautiful. And so now I've quit trying to dance around it. I just say, you're exactly right. That is the most beautiful baby that we've ever seen. Because in her eyes it is, isn't it? And in God's eyes, here's the most important part. And when you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, when you look in the mirror and you say, why is my ears like this, my nose like this, my lips like this, why is that? Why do I limp? Why do I walk like Why do I feel this way? Why do I not have internal organs that work right? Why do I have all this? It's okay. He knew beforehand. He knows now. And guess what? Because you've accepted Him as your Savior, you're going to get to see Him again. And the Bible promises that all the former pain that we experience here will experience no more. Are you ready for that? Whew! Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm ready for that. I hope you're ready for that. Because there should be a comfort in knowing that God cares for us. And God loves us. And God will never leave us. We want God to fix everything. If I've got this problem or that problem, we want God to fix it and be instantaneous about fixing it. And I mean, it should have never happened. And why doesn't God love me? And why doesn't He care about me? And He does. He's going to give you the strength to get through whatever it is that you're facing. He'll give you the strength. God gave wisdom to people and knowledge to people to build crazy things like this for people who don't take care of themselves. Or who get old and can't get around. I'm finding that getting old is not the most fun trip of all. The doctor told me after 40, man, it just goes downhill. Well, he wasn't lying. I just didn't know I was on... <laughs> I didn't know that I jumped on a, a, down, a downhill course that uh, is a little more gradual before now. But I've got nothing on Ralph. But... Isn't it amazing that he still gets around? Isn't it amazing that he still gets to where he needs to go? And It's amazing. But what about you? Are you worried more about who you don't know and what you don't know? And, or have you come to a point where you can just say, God, it's okay. It's okay. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for Psalm 139. So many years ago, I wrestled in my own life, in my own heart, about abortion. Uh, I listened to all the dialogue, and I listened to all the professionals say what they were saying. And I was young in the ministry, and uh, God, I just really didn't know what to think. Until one of your servants one day handed me Psalm 139. And when I read that... You know, I came to you in tears and said, God, please forgive me for not understanding. 
But God, it doesn't matter if we have a mother or a dad here. We had a father and a mother who created us so we could be here. However painful that may be, however ugly that has been, the bottom line is you knew us before we were ever thought of. You had our days numbered. You had our characteristics and personality traits. And you poured them in us. And God, if we were raised by ugly parents or by an ugly parent, a mean and ugly and nasty adult, may we learn to take that to you. And some point be able to say okay that'll be the hardest journey to get to that point to be able to say okay but God I want everybody to leave here today to understand how important they are to you and how much you love us if there's somebody in this room that needs to claim you as their savior today would they not put it off another moment in Jesus name Amen